The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Good evening, everybody. This is Michael Diaz. How you doing? You have indeed, indeed reached the KyberCast, and you might think it's a little odd right now because usually Joe does our introduction, but... Fortunately, Joe cannot be here tonight. He has a life and is off on vacation. So he's going up in the Michigan UP, enjoying himself fully. But that's okay. We can still have an episode, and uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. So first thing I want to do is introduce my guest after, whoops, forgot the most important part. You can tell I don't start this very often. This is episode 53, recorded on June 25th, 2020. Once again, I'm Michael Diaz, and tonight I have with me a guest. Um, do you prefer Michael or Mike? Which one do you prefer? Uh, let's go with Michael. All right. See, I'm a Michael, too. And maybe it's because I think we're similar ages, and I think everyone in our age group, every fourth kid was named Michael. Yes. <laughs> so, tonight on our podcast, we have Michael Dunn, a longtime friend of mine. We are just talking before the show started. We've known each other 17 years, and I think uh, you said we met on Journal Space of all places. Is that correct? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you not in the know, Journal Space was uh, a personal weblog site, you know, blog, way back in the day. And that's how we met. And we actually met uh, because shared geek interests. I mean, other than the fact... uh, well, you know, I'm doing too much talking. Let's let me introduce you, Mr. Dunn. Let's hear a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you've been up to, whatever you want to say. Let's give you a little quick origin story here. Ah, quick origin story. Let's break this down, Barney style, real quick. Like, um, I'm Michael. <laughs> I'm Michael Dunn. I am forty-something years old. Um, <laughs> I am originally from Northern Illinois. I'm from Waukegan, Illinois. Um, I enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1992 and served 20 years, retired in 2012, and I've been a lifelong geek. Uh, Comic books, well, actually, before comic books, I've read a lot. I mean, I was always at the library. Kids are out running around. I was at the library reading books. And then uh, astronomy books, a lot of uh, sci-fi. I started reading Asimov early on, but I need to reread it again because it hits different at different ages. Yep, yep, I can see that. Um, I still have my copy of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that I got at the Scholastic Book Fair in seventh grade. <laughs> that is awesome. Like that copy is 30 plus years old and I still got it. It has been around the world with me. Literally. Literally around the world with me. 
How beat up is it right now? It's actually in pretty good shape. I'm pretty good at keeping really personal items in good shape. I almost freaked out because I thought I lost it, but it was sitting in my storage unit for about two years. And when I retrieved it, I almost cried. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, you've had something that long. I mean, similarly, when I was in eighth grade, I received a coffee mug. Now, being in eighth grade, I admit I didn't drink a lot of coffee. But it was from December of 1987, and it's an X-Men mug with the classic team that Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri drew. And I still own that mug. Here it is, you know what, 33 years later? I still have that oh, mug, and if I ever broke it or lost it, oh, I'd be I'd be lost. You'd be in a corner for about two weeks. <laughs> right? Right? So <laughs> I feel you on that book. How many times have you read Hitchhiker's Guide? I've read that copy probably two or three times, and I've had a audio version of the book, like two different audio versions, and I've listened to it countless times. Such a good book. Such a good yes. book. Now, have you have you read the entire series? All what is it? All five books in the trilogy? <laughs> is it six funny, now? St- funny story. It's technically it's five books. I have all five books. I've initially tried to read the restaurant at the end of the universe early on, but couldn't get into it. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I finally listen to all the audio books. Really? What was it about that book that just just didn't grab you? It after the high of Hitchhikers, it I don't know. And it's starting to get to the point now where it's hard for me to sit down and actually read. It's like the past couple of years my brain I'm like scatterbrained. There's just too many distractions to actually read. And I actually have the big collection that I have of all five books, plus some of the short stories that he um, wrote. Oh, that massive tome that collects everything? I've seen that. I've drooled over it many a time. Yes. Well, not to give too much away, I mean, obviously this is audio. We can't see each other, but... You have a Hitchhiker's Guide, at least one Hitchhiker's Guide tattoo, don't you? I have the uh, the Hitchhiker symbol, and I also have Roman numeral forty two on my left arm. That's hardcore. That's that's hardcore. So, you're a little kid, well, little kid, little young man growing up in Northern Illinois at the library. You discover Asimov. You discover. Uh, Douglas Adams. So you start off in sci-fi and just books and reading. Where do you go from there? Where where did geek culture take you next? <sighs> well, I, I want to say I dabbled reading comic books here and there. I'd occasionally see some on the, you know, the little spinner rack whenever you go to the drugstore or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it it wasn't until I was in sixth grade that um, a friend of mine introduced me to, of all things, um, Teen Titans. Oh, now, so you DC. 
Yes, amazingly. Okay. I started off with DC, start with Teen Titans, and this was, I want to say, 85, 86. Now, around this time, this was during post-crisis, mm-hmm. and yeah. the Watchmen came out. Now, at that time, I couldn't get into Watchmen. It was too, for someone starting off, it was too heavy. Yeah, that's you don't start at Watchmen. You just don't. No. Watchmen, let's see what came out around that time. Watchmen, Crisis, um, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah. Classics. All of them, yeah. But I didn't... Funny story about Watchmen. I did not read Watchmen properly until a couple of months before the movie came out in 2009. Really? It's some. I'm Johnny come lately to a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You say, as long as you get there. Yeah. Um, let's see. And start off with DC. Um, their version of their um, who's who about all their characters. Yes. Yes. And let's see. I didn't read. I didn't stay with DC too long. It just wasn't hitting me right. And then a friend of mine introduced me to Spider-Man. There we go. I was hooked. And then... Now, was that earlier in the time of the uh, Craven's Last Hunt? Or was that before that was, you jumped in? That was before Craven's Last Hunt. I want to say it was about... Oh, the late 200s. This is probably about a year or two before McFarlane took over. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. God, what a time, huh? Man, look, late late 80s, like there was like about a four-year time frame before the the 90s bubble (laughs) where there was just some really good books, really good artists. And it made you want to go to the comic book store every, well, for a while it was Thursday. Then they switched it up to Wednesday. Yep. And then, yeah, I, yeah, every Wednesday made my, you know, I figure out which books are coming out which week. I make sure I'm at the comic book store that day. Um, but I got really hooked when I got introduced to X-Men. <laughs> it's just funny because my origin story is so similar to yours. I'm not going to jump in, but I'm, I'm just tickled by this because there's so many points that I'm like, yep, 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 same, same, same. And my first X-Men book was X-Men Annual 10. I'm trying to remember which one that was. That was the X-Babies. Yes, yes. With uh, Mojo, right? Yes, with Mojo. And that's the one that was um, drawn by Art Adams. Oh, God, he's so good. And I still had that copy. But my copy, I've read it so much. The ink and the lettering is so faded. And I actually, I met Art Adams at Heroes Con in Charlotte. I want to say back in 2013. 13 or 14 and I got a couple and you know I'm mad because 
friends of mine say, hey, we're going to Harris Con in Charlotte. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. And from here, it's about four and a half, five hours. Okay. If, I, if I had a known in my head, hey, I'm going to Heroes Con, I would have looked up who was going. I would have right. saw that he was I would have saw that he was there and I would have brought my copy with me for him to sign. Yes, yes. Con rookie move you made there, but that's okay. I I've been to several cons and yes, that first year is just so much and so overwhelming you don't really think ahead. Yeah. You don't make that mistake again. No, never. Never. So, like I said, it's very funny to me. So, just for comparison, I started out, you know, kid in the 80s, was way into G.I. Joe. One day, I go by a spinner rack, and there is Storm Shadow and Quick Kick fighting each other. G.I. Joe number 52. I grabbed it, loved it, went back every month to get a new issue of G.I. Joe. In fact, I take that back. Um, originally, my brother and I said, we both like this, so you buy the next issue, because, you know, we, we had allowance to consider. So he bought 53, and then I bought 54, and then he was bored with it. He was done. So I had to start. So I actually bought 53 from him, and then that's how my comic book collection started. And then, similar to you, I had a friend introduced me so i started off marvel but more gi joe because that's what i was into right as a little kid Mm -hmm. but i had a friend who introduced me to dc through the green lantern Corps. to this day i'm now i'm still a huge green lantern geek but like you mentioned so the first time i went to a actual you know comic book store i was hooked it was like giving me exactly what i wanted like straight in the vein and we used to go every three weeks, and soon enough, that was not enough. I, I forced my mom, well, forced, I was 12, 13 <laughs> years old, right? You were yeah, forced to everything. Good luck with that. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I started going every other week because I didn't want to miss anything. And just like you said, now, it's a little bit later, but for me, the first... So for me, the first comic that caught my eye, I think, was Punisher number nine, covered by Will Spertatio, and that. Oh yes. Blew my mind. I was like, "What is this? I need to buy this." There's a, there's a guy with a gun. He's turning around. There's a ninja. Gotta buy it. But like you, it wasn't long there, very long thereafter, that I saw X Men number two thirty six, with uh, Wolverine and Rogue suspended yes. upside down. Yes. And it was the very first issue that introduced the world to Genosha. Yes. I was hooked from there. So that's where my superhero comics really started with X-Men as well. So we've got that in common. Well, you started with Spider-Man. I'm not against Spider-Man at all. I, for a while, I bought Spider-Man as well. X-Men, that's, that's where the love affair really started. Like, I wasn't in Spider-Man too long. I, big mistake, I stopped Spider-Man right before issue 300. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's not talk about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But I got annual 10. 
but then right at the same time going on was when I got into X-Men was right during the Mutant Max Massacre. Yes, yep. So you were about a year or two ahead of me then, basically. It like the massacre and then the fallout from that and then the injured ones going off to England, the form Excalibur and all of yep. that. Yep, Excalibur was the very first X title that I bought from, you know, hey, this is new, it's an X title, I need to buy this. Because, you know, I, I came in too late for X Factor. Okay. So Excalibur was the very first X title that I was like, yes, first issue, got it, mine. Awesome. You know what I you know what I missed though with the X-Men titles? What's All that? the big the big numbering because the way everything is now, you can't collect a run. No. Now it's now it's by volume. Yeah. The the same thing is so the comic book industry obviously is not what it was when we were into it heavily in the eighties. I mean I started yes. comics now. I don't buy single issues anymore. I just, I can't keep up. Do you still read comics? I still, it's very rare that I go into a comic book store because they don't have one here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. What? What? No. Jacksonville, it's a marine town. It's a very transient town. Comic book stores generally don't last here. So if you want to go to a, you want to go to a store, you either got to go up to, uh, New Bern, which is about 45 minutes to the north, or down to Wilmington, which is about an hour to the south. And if I want, if there's something I read, I just get it off of the app. If it's something oh, I really have to read, I get it off the Marvel app, or I just wait for the trade to come out and order it. Yeah, Marvel Unlimited? Yes. You know, I think more and more people are just going that way. I still... I admit, I'm one of those people that still likes a physical copy. Now, I, I can't do the single issues anymore. I just mm-hmm. can't keep up. But I'm buying runs via trade. Right. You know, but I have to admit, as my bookcase gets filled, I start thinking, maybe I should just pay for the app and just read everything. And it's easy, especially you know, if you've got especially if you got a tablet. Like, I've got an iPad. Right. It makes it so much easier. Right. Although I, I do like, although I do like a physical copy because there's nothing like cracking open the book and well, you don't smell the ink like you used to. True. 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 Well, you know, after switching off that newsprint, it's just uh, I mean, everyone looks better, but it doesn't have the same smell. Yeah, it doesn't have the same smell, the same texture. Right. I mean, pros and cons. Let's face it, the paper they use nowadays is much better, and it just looks so much better. And yeah. And just like I was saying, and just like I was saying with my uh, X Men Annual Ten, it's like the the lettering is is faded. It's like some of the pages you can barely read. Right, 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 right. Oh man, oh, still love comics, but you know, like you said, it's it's not like it was in the eighties. You know, no. it used to be, which I get it. People aren't buying them as much, so every couple of years they got to goose the sales numbers and come out with a new number one. And then every so often, they, some editor or some someone gets a, a notion of saying, let's go back to the original numbering. And then they go to all that, and you're like, oh, this is actually issue 567 of X-Men. 
Yeah, it's like how they figure that out. Do they got somebody in the back that's silently keeping tabs? Right, right. So let me ask you this. Which kind of book character do you most identify with? How do I know you were going to go there? Oh, oh this, is, this is geek talk, man. That's an important geek question. It's not an easy question. I, it's just, it's, I know that's not. It's hard. It's identify with as far as just as just in the of my life, I would say Spider-Man. And let me tell you why. I would not. I want to know why. Yeah. Why Spider-Man? Uh He's your everyday blue collar person and he's struggling to do the right thing. And he wants to be seen as a good person. But dude, early on, Spider-Man struggled to pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) Right? How many superheroes do you know are struggling to pay rent? Now, I never had to struggle to pay rent. I was lucky. But just to me, he's an everyday person. If that makes any sense. No, I get you. you can, who can who can't identify with being the, the geek in high school? Well, I guess there are people that don't identify with that, but well, what comic book kid from the eighties can't identify with that geek from high school that just is clumsy and awkward and just doesn't know how to talk to girls and then suddenly bam. Who wouldn't want to suddenly be, you know, cut? And ripped, and you know now you know you're you're dealing with you know Gwen Stacy or you know Mary Jane. You know suddenly the ladies are present. I mean it's it's totally a high school fantasy, and I mm-hmm. get it. But he, I mean, yeah, he he gets the girl eventually, but Daddy it's does. not a it's not a foregone conclusion. You know, it's Spider Man, and he loses the girl often. Unfortunately, with Gwen Stacy, she died. I mean. But it goes it goes with uh, hmm. there has to be a balance to the universe. Yeah. Here's yeah. here's me here's me getting all meta haw. For every good there has to be a bad. When you have maybe it's my thinking, if you have a string of good luck, be prepared for the bad to come. That sounds awfully fatalistic, but I can see that. You're so there's a Karmic balance. So things go good for a while, then things got to go bad for a while. Is that it? Yes. The universe requires balance. Not in a, not in a fatalist Thanos sense, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be brutal. 100% yeah. brutal. Well, let me, let me try a segue here then. So you, you've talked about balance. Obviously, we've talked about Asimov, we're talking about Douglas Adams, we've talked about Spider-Man, X-Men comics. I know you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, yeah. You mentioned balance, so let's talk about Star Wars a bit. Let's uh All right, let's crack the knuckles here. <laughs> you got words. Yes. <laughs> I have many words. I, I'm gonna, I don't even know where to start where to ask because I'm afraid what you're gonna say. So You know what? Just a hey, just go with it and we'll go. 
Okay, so yeah, Star Wars, all about balance, Sith, Jedi, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm going to just skip right to it. What did you think of the new trilogy? <sighs> I know we've talked about it before, but for the listeners, after watching all three movies, just of the Star- the Skywalker movies, it required... In hindsight, it required one director. They needed to take more time to flesh out a story. Now, I know they had a hiccup when Carrie Fisher died. Yeah, you can't plan for that. No, you can't plan for that. But there should have been, instead of rushing to get a new trilogy out, they should have hashed out something. And it made it make sense because it was, you know, episode seven was pretty much a rehash of A New Hope. Um, The only connection to The Last Jedi had to Empire was when that guy came out and licked the salt. And he's like, oh, salt. Letting us know it was salt, not snow. Right. And you know, we still saw these giant walking death machines. Yes. So that's that's pretty much that connection to Empire. And of course, the last movie had to make some connection to Turn of the Jedi. And <laughs> it's like they had it it had so much potential and they wasted it. See, it's at this point I wish Joe was here and was able to join us tonight because I'm not going to call Joe because he's not here to defend himself. I'm not going to call him a a Star Wars (laughs) apologist because that's not fair. But you and I are on the same page, so there's no real disagreement, no argument. There's no going to be a lot of debate. I agree with you. I wish Joe was here just so he could jump in and say why, you know, this last trilogy was good. And he can make that fight if he wanted. But all I can say is I agree with you. I I think if they had a singular vision, Mm -hmm. the story would have been much better. But we got what we got. But it's not, so not all Star Wars is bad. No. I mean, the new trilogy, I think you and I can agree, could have been better. It could have been better. if If I'm bored enough, I'll watch it. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what out of, out that's of all not a winning endorsement but see here's the thing though and you and I have discussed this in one of our few disagreements out of the three I like The Last Jedi the best you know what here's, here's something I need to watch it again I've, I've watched it twice since um, The Rise of Skywalker came out, and because I disliked that movie so much, I've really been reconsidering The Last Jedi. And there are still some parts that made me go, no, no, no. Okay, the whole... I, I, you know, I know even if I watch it again right now, I'm not going to enjoy the whole Canto bite. Yeah, that's the, that's the one... A lot of people that like The Last Jedi don't like that part of the movie. That to me, that was unnecessary. 
You can literally cut it out, and yes. it doesn't change the story. Nope. So, for me, it's just a waste of time. And I get, okay, yes, sometimes things in life are a waste of time, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to see a meta-awareness of my life version in Star Wars. I just want to be entertained. I want to see stormtroopers. I want to see lightsabers. I want the story to make me feel like I'm 12. So, I've been reconsidering The Last Jedi, and I keep saying I need to do it, you know, get in and watch it again. I think I have to reassess it, and I'm starting to think I could be swayed to agree with you. All right, here's the thing. Take out the Canto Bite bit, and think of the story itself. It is totally, it's, it is, but it isn't Star Wars. It didn't follow the blueprint that we're used to. The whole movie? Yeah, Ryan, he he pretty much stuck up a middle finger like, this is what I'm going to do, and you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. And that's exactly what happened. Yes. But you know what? Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. And and that's what I loved about it because it was different. Because me personally, I got tired of the same blueprint. I wanted something totally different. The whole spoiler alert: Luke dying. I, me personally, I can see why he died. You know, being disconnected from the Force and then expending that much energy to project himself. Yeah, I can buy it. I didn't consider it that way. You're selling me. It's you know you have it's like you haven't. Let's just say you cut off. You're not a all right. Let's say you haven't weight lifted in forever. Then all of a sudden you're doing it again and blah, blah, blah. And you're totally straining yourself to the point to where you do the thing and your body's like, and I'm spent. Right. Done. Yes. And he he lost his faith, kind of found it, but that was his time. And I'm good with that. I hadn't considered it in that light. And I have to say, it's pretty convincing. See? Um, but, but you know, again, I wish Joe's here because I'm, I'm sure he had an argument against it. But I am already at that spot where I am, I am open to the idea of considering the worth of the Last Jedi. Again, there are still some things about it that I, I hate. So I know I brought this up before, but I have to say it again: the whole thing about you know the ships trying to get away from the Empire. Or I'm sorry, not the Empire, the First Order. Yeah. It's space, all right? Yes, they're constantly accelerating. So... Oh, the one that slowed down and ran out of yeah. field? Like, come on. Neil deGrasse they're Tyson... Had, I'm surprised Neil deGrasse Tyson didn't have a freaking field day. If you're still moving and you run out of gas, you're still moving at a constant speed. You're not going to slow and tumble backwards. Hello. Right. right. I mean, there's almost... No friction in space. Yeah, surely over time there would be a slight, as it bouncing off different atoms and stuff in the void of space. Now you pass by, you, pa- you pass by a planet. You get caught in a gravity exactly. well. You slow down. Yada yada yada. But yeah, come on. Exactly. Come on. So, all right. I, we sound too much like we're well. First off, it sounds like we're we're very much on the same page. 
And I don't want this to just be an episode about, yeah, we're worried about Star Wars, screw everyone else. So, there are definitely some good things that came from Star Wars. I mean, for me, I think it's well known. Rogue One might be, it depends on the day of the week, whether or not Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie ever made. It, you, I will give you that. It depends on if Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> um, it depends if, if I had good coffee during the week. Like the fact that it, the fact that they had to stop and re-edit it. I, I, I'm kind of interested to see what it looked like before. Right, because there's a version where they survive. Not yes. everyone, but but Jim, the fact that they, the fact that they all die makes sense, and it really didn't hit me until uh, the robot dies. I'm like, wait a second, they're not all gonna they're not all gonna make it out of here because right. there's no mention of them in the original trilogy or anything like that or whatnot. I'm like, and I'm sitting here excited, and it hits me when the robot dies. Like, oh, they're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's part of why I like it because it's not the Star Wars template, right? It, there's a sacrifice that had to be made. Yes, yes. We're used to Star Wars. Yes, people do die. We we lose Obi Wan. We use Loda. Yo, Loda. Yoda. Yoda. We we do lose people, right? People are going to die. We lost Leia. We lost Luke. Okay, I can go on and on and on. People do die, but they die at, you know, story beats, you know, when they need to die to get the story going. But theirs wasn't senseless death. Theirs was, it was, it's a battle. It's a heated battle. And as long as their overall objective was met, that was the objective. Whether they made it out or not was, did you get the plan sent off? Yes. Okay. That's all that matters. Your life is secondary to that point. Exactly. Exactly. So one thing that's different about Star Wars now, and it's something I, I kind of want to get into, and if it gets too heavy, let me know. But another change with the Star Wars, and kind of the reason why we even have this episode we're doing tonight, we're both people of color. Yes. Geeks of color. So obviously I'm Chicano. Uh, well, maybe it's not obvious. People only hear my voice, but Michael <laughs> Diaz, definitely a Spanish last name. I assure you I'm a nice caramel color. <laughs> not caramel. <laughs> you know, that too, I, I that, that changes on, you know, what pronunciation I prefer. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, apparently the weeks I think Rogue One's the best, I'll say caramel. And then when I think uh, Empire is best, I'll, I'll say caramel. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, the point I want <laughs> So the point I want to bring up, so obviously they, they kind of change things up instead of just, you know, a bunch of white people saving the day, like in the original trilogy and, and the prequel too to a degree. Um they made an effort not only to make it I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of white people in Star Wars, that's not gonna change. But they did make a concerted effort to, number one, they made the protagonist a woman. Okay. But 
Then you also have Finn, who I, I can't call him an African-American because it, it's space, you know, but... Yeah. De- definitely a person of color. And then, obviously, you've got Poe, also a person of color. So, how important a shift of, like, that, you know, how, how important now is representation to you when it comes to geek culture? You know, growing up, it... I was just growing up and seeing, watching sci-fi movies and whatnot, I was just happy to watch it. But then as you grow up, you want to see someone that looks like you or sounds like you. And so you start searching and, you know, Return to Jedi, they, they, you know, they gave us Lando, but, you know, it was the 80s. I mean, you could have gave Lando a Colt 45 and, I mean, it was literally from, <laughs> they basically transplanted him from his commercials from back then into the movie. Come on. Think right, about right. it. Oh, I'm not, not going to disagree with you. I mean. And wait a minute. No. Empire. So we're talking 80. So yeah, you're talking Lando Calrissian, you know, Billy D. Williams, you know, straight out of his Colt 45, talking like he is in his commercials. Is it right. stereotypical? Eh. But dude, Brand. A little thing on a planet, so I'll take it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I think the first. What's funny, growing up, being raised by my mom. The one representation that I really did love, just as for me was a woman lead, was Aliens, because I saw Aliens first proper before I watched Aliens. Wow, that blows my mind a little bit. I mean, I, mean, I, I get exactly it, where you're coming from. So, yeah, I keep going with it. It's, um, and Sigourney Weaver didn't fall, really fall into the whole Mary Sue because she really didn't need a man to save her. Now, granted, you know, the android came with the ship and whatnot, but she, you teach her a thing or two. She didn't have to worry about anybody else after that. Right, just like anything, right. you teach a man to fish, he can eat forever. So you teach Sigourney how to, you know, lock and load a damn pulse rifle and attach a damn uh, flamethrower <laughs> to it. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with no mamas. Yeah. So for me, Ripley was a powerful character for me growing up. And then as far as geek code, I, you know, it's, it's hard to really dissect the first black character I tried to identify with. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't a thirst for trying to look for someone like me. It was maybe I knew, but I just wanted to be entertained. If that makes any sense. Right, I get you. I don't think anyone as a kid, you know, back then is thinking, well, back I said the eighties, but, but basically just when you're a child, you're not necessarily looking for that. But I think, 
it's at least appreciated if they see it. I mean, but I tell you what, the one the one character that did get me actually, I take that back. The one character that did get me excited, and this was I was still in high school, Bishop. Well, yeah, oh yeah. Well, Bishop's badass, but when they introduced a badass Bishop, and he had a Jerry curl. He didn't have a Jerry curl. Totally a Jerry curl. Yes. Yeah, with this, yeah, this really short cut haircut up top, and then Jerry curl all the way. Yeah. Hey, I'm not gonna go playing. I'll take it. <laughs> well, the funny thing was, I mean, he didn't even come out in the '80s, wasn't it? Sometime in the '90s. This was. Yeah, this is when they, this is blue and gold team. So this is far graduated. So I want to say this was 90. Yeah, this was 91. Yep. Sounds about right. I actually have that issue. I have the very first appearance of Bishop. I had that. I had a copy each. I've had two copies each of X-Men 1. And I had the big one, the big tri-four-fold one that had like, all the characters on it. Ah, those were the days buying multiple number ones with different covers and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's funny to watch these trends because I'm starting to see that more and more now again. Yeah. So and let's not even talk about, from... and kids these days don't know about Gen 13 and buying 13 number ones. <laughs> right? What a scam. What a scam. <laughs> well, X-Men number one had what, five different covers? I think. Which one? X-Men? Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. There was four or five. All right. Because they, they made a whole, you know, scene. And then you could buy the one that folded out that already had the whole scene. Yeah. The gate. They made a gold one, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Geeks today, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. 13 issues of Gen 13. Get out of here. You talk about going broke back then. <laughs> right, but see, let's take that to now. I mean, it's interesting. So you you got into sci-fi early, um, and it's interesting because traditionally, not always. I mean, there's the whole martial section of sci-fi, which is just people with big guns killing aliens. There's that, and people enjoy that. But as a whole, a lot of sci-fi is very progressive. So. It's interesting to me that, you know, it spoke to you. It spoke to me, obviously, early on. Um, so that that really grabs me that Ripley was the first thing that you really identified with, the strong female, because you saw an analog to your mother, correct? Yes. What about Sarah Connor, then? Well, see, Sarah Connor was later on. We're t- you're talking... T two, so you're talking what? You're talking what? Ninety, ninety one, ish. I think ninety two, even ninety one. Yeah, maybe ninety two. Yeah, still. So six years after Alien, so a bit. I like Sarah Connor. She's no holes barred. Again, another one that didn't need anybody. Didn't need any help. She look, and she was ripped too. <laughs> oh, dude, she was cut. No question. So, 
and I think we've discussed this before, strong female, we're talking about Sarah Connor, uh, Ripley. Yeah. Yes. I think growing up, for me, it was those two, Sarah Connor and Ripley. Yeah. So, coming to now with this new trilogy. So, obviously you're a bit older. Uh, you're not old. I'm just saying, you know, you're for you're whatever. Seeing Finn on the screen and being an integral part of Star Wars now, does that speak to you? Or is it, is it just whatever? Uh, let's see. I understand what they were trying to do. And I can understand they weren't trying to ham-fist it. I Honestly, though, to me, I like the introduction of Finn. I, I honestly thought he was going to be a Jedi. So did I. I admit it. And I thought he was going to be Ray's love interest, which would have upset the entire world. And I, I would have been here for it. Um, I like the character. I don't like how he finished out. It's like yeah. he was a joke. It was he. It's like he was a almost a joke at the beginning of the Last Jedi because he was recovering. I again, it goes back to I like the characters characters they introduced, but the development could have gone so differently. Well, we know that Disney's trying to get away from these saga films, these trilogy after trilogy after trilogy. More Star Wars is coming. That's a given. Would you want to see a movie centered around Finn? Movie? No. Disney Plus show? Yes. Some, I respect that. I, 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 was, I, was, I was trying... I'm, I'm trying to remember somebody quoted saying, I think it was even George Lucas that said, Star Wars should be episodic now as far as TV shows or, you know, on cable or streaming now on Disney Plus. Like, so you could get more character development instead of trying to cram everything in like a two hour movie. I don't disagree. For me, I think I've said this before on this very podcast. I think the future of Star Wars is streaming. It's television. Yes. Yes. I mean, Joe, again, sorry he's not here, but Joe and I have gone back and forth where I feel that Star Wars should somehow give me that feeling I had when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, watching it on the screen in the 80s. He says you can't go back there. And I, I didn't go back there with the new trilogy. But I went through it during the Mandalorian. Yes. It's, so, you know, you know, you've got a certain amount of episodes. You know which day they're coming out on. So you end episode, you're like, all right, I got a week. Yes, because Friday mornings, I'm sitting here downloading the episode before I go to work so I can watch it on my lunch break on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. I've done the same thing. I like, well, I started watching it with my partner, Shaylee. So then I had to wait. But that first episode, yeah, I downloaded it. And as soon as lunchtime hit at work, boom, I'm, oh. I'm, I had it on my phone and I watched the whole thing. I was hooked. I'm like, 
whoa, this is this is what we needed. And you know, some people are like, oh, I don't know. It's like they're like, oh, they either like it, it was lukewarm, or they hated it. Me, I loved it. And you're right. It needs to be streaming. Star Wars needs to be streaming. You know, there should be episodes and seasons. It's once once you had the original trilogy, now you've got so much you can build off of to where none of the Skywalkers have to be involved. You got all these characters that you could actually build stories off of and actually get traction and people interested in them. Yep. I'm- you're preaching the choir right now because I agree 100%. The future of Star Wars is streaming. It's episodic. It's TV. Now, they couldn't have done this 20, 30 years ago. You know, they couldn't match the effects. They just it couldn't be done. Now, let's face it. Those 10 episodes probably cost as much as a movie. Yes. But those 10 episodes... I will watch, rewatch all 10 of those episodes any day of the week and twice on Sunday, probably before I rewatch Rise of Skywalker again. And you know, I only watched the Rise of Skywalker again recently is because um, my wife's kids came down to visit. They were here for two weeks and the youngest hadn't, the 16 year old hadn't seen Rise of Skywalker yet. So had to sit through it again. Like <laughs> again, that is not a ringing endorsement when you say I had to sit through it again. <laughs> I put it to you like this: when I went to go, me and her went to go see it in theaters. That we went that Thursday night. That was probably the most tepid Thursday night showing I've ever been to. Oh man, that's that's not good. It's like we went to go see Last Jedi, and people were. I mean. There was the whole uh, when Admiral Holdo jumps to light speed. You want to talk about everyone in shock in the theater, like whoa! Oh yeah, yeah. And then the the lightsaber fight on the ship, and yeah, you're like okay, but then you get to Rise of Skywalker, and there was no, there was no oomph, there was no okay, what's coming? You're like, and then the way they just ham-fisted us, the Emperor, oh, God, why? <laughs> Again, I, I really, really wish Joe was here because it sounds like you and I are just tag-teaming and beating the shit out of the Star Wars films. And uh, it's not necessarily fair, but I again, I can't disagree with you. It is what it is. You got to bring me back when Joe is here. We got to we got to have like a mini episode where we discuss the Disney trilogy. Me, you, and Joe. I'm like, look, dude. <laughs> oh, happily have you back. We we're always open to geeks coming on and joining us and, and discussing, maybe even arguing. It's all good. But I wanted to bring you on this episode just to kind of because I know. Let's face it. You know, there's COVID right now. The U the U.S. is not in a good place. I don't care how you look at it, whether you're the U.S. needs, a, the US needs a Snickers, <laughs> right, right. So I yeah, want to bring you on just because you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. A, I'm sorry. No, 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 I just wanted to bring you on because let, let's face it, we don't want to we don't want to necessarily ignore the current climate of what's going on. We don't want to. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
geek culture is all about escapism. But I, I thought it was important to, to get a little bit real here for a bit. You know, not too much. That's not the purview of this this podcast. We're all about geek stuff. But let's bring on another voice of color and let's let's hear what you have to say. Again, we're not asking you to, you know, speak for all people of color. Not even close to it. But it's important, I think, to search out and bring on other voices now and then. And that's what we're doing. And I appreciate that. Of course. It's been great having you on. Um, oh, it sounds like I'm segueing to an ending. I'm not. I did want to throw something at you, though. So okay. I know we've been talking Star Wars. I know we've been talking representation. So I know how important Spider-Man is to you. That that was your first comic book hook. And maybe I should have brought this up earlier. But I got to ask, what's your take on Miles Morales then? You know, I too deep? I, no, <laughs> I loved it. We could have a whole episode on, you know, Ultimate Universe and Peter Parker and then Miles Morales and then, dude, Into the Spider-Verse. I shed a tear during the Leap of Faith scene. Really? I, that was the Spider-Man movie I always wanted. I can hear the passion in your voice. Okay, so this seals it right now. I'm going to go with Joe. Obviously, there's not a lot of geek stuff coming out right now, so it's not a lot of new stuff to talk about. So here's the deal. Sometime this summer, I'm not exactly sure when, it'll probably be fairly soon, we're all going to rewatch, not necessarily at the same time, but we're all going to rewatch Into the Spider-Verse, and we're going to recap it. We're going to come back and talk about it. How does that sound? Does that work for you? I'm down like full flat tires. <laughs> <laughs> all right so I, I don't want to cut you off but i also i know i don't want to talk too much about it because i don't want to ruin that episode but that was that was the spider-man scene you were looking for yeah that was it that was quintessential spider-man for you that it i can't it just hear from my just hear from my voice there was it was beauty to it and yeah just go with that I don't disagree I don't disagree at all I'm huge fan of that film in fact I, I have to go back and look at my rankings I, I think it's up there for me um, for me as far as Spider-Man films I don't think you can beat Amaze or the Spider-Man 2 with, you know, Dr. Octopus and all that. But that's my opinion. So, I don't know if I should ask you this now, if where you rate this as Spider-Man films go. So, because we know we're going to talk about it later, but... It, it goes, it's 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 a Rogue One thing. It depends if Mercury's in retrograde between <laughs> Spider-Verse and Raimi's second Spider-Man movie. It, it, right. it, it just, it depends on the day of the week, how much coffee I've had, was there bourbon in my coffee? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with bourbon and coffee. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> but yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to have a Spider-Man episode. We, we may have to touch on all the cinematic Spider-Man films. Not you, Spider-Man 3. 
<laughs> not in Spider-Man 3. Oh, man, I did not see that coming. I should have. <laughs> yeah, that is such a turn of a movie. Uh, I own it. I don't know that I've watched it since I, I bought it. I think I got it on sale. I got all three of the Raimi films for like 10 bucks plus digital copies, and I couldn't say no. But I don't think oh. I've watched it. Oh. <laughs> the 10 bucks is worth oh. it because I'm like, oh, I paid five bucks each for two good movies, and then I got a three, a free movie. That's shit. Eh. <laughs> eh. Meh. <laughs> but I will say before before we leave, I like the fact that they included the dancing scene from Spider-Man Three and into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, I mean, I thought that was hilarious, though. Hundred percent hilarious, fantastic. I love, no stone was unturned. Every single piece of the Spider-Man history was brought in at some point. Yes. I love that they brought in Spider-Man 29, and then they also made a reference to the Spider-Man cartoon and the meme from that from the 60s. Yes. That, I'm... Everyone in the theater dying laughing. Yeah. It was was perfect. Absolutely perfect. And if, if I have to, if I'm being honest... That's the best Nicolas Cage role in the last five years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, I mean, and that man has had, I mean, I like Nicolas Cage, but he's had a lot of, you know, B and C roles lately, but that was classic Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage oh. from the 90s. Oh, 100%. And I love that when he started getting all noir and telling his origin story, they just cut him off. Yes. It was brilliant. Absolutely perfect. So we've kind of got off on a little tangent here. So it's been agreed. Joe, when you hear this, when he edits it, um, we are doing an episode with Mr. Michael Dunn here after all three of us go through and rewatch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Bring it. I'm going to have notes too. Oh, no. You're going to be prepared. Oh, man. Look, I'm coming in. Yes. Come Coming at me, bro. Coming <laughs> hot. Hmm. So I got to ask, can you kick it? Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, Quester, Quester for life, yo. <laughs> well, M- Mr. Michael Dunn, I appreciate you coming on this episode. It's been an absolute joy. Like I said, I don't think we went too deep. I know we're not going to save the world and we're not going to, you know, we're just, uh, this podcast is not going to save the world. Okay. Uh, Doing this episode is not going to end police brutality. Okay. Doing this episode is not going to stop uh, people from protesting that that it should or people from rioting. Okay. But we don't want to ignore what's going on out there. Like I said, I'm glad you came on. It's nice to have another person of, of color on this episode. It's been fantastic having you on. And more than anything, it's just nice to actually talk to you at length as we have, being that we've known each other 17 years. Really yes. Don't, I mean, we communicate a lot, but this is, I think, the longest conversation we've ever had. Yes. Like, and, 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 now that, and now that you got this outlet, oh, 
I have words. We, you're, look, you're going to have, have to have me on like every five, six weeks or something. We, we got words. I got, I got things I need to discuss. <laughs> well, I said, so, you know, is this the first podcast you've been on? Yes. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm honored that you came on to ours. Uh, listenership as small as it is, but hey, people will listen. Um, I'm glad you came on and made ours the first. Um, I think we'll be more than happy to bring you on now and then. We, I, I love your opinions, and I know you have very strong opinions, so fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you came on. Initially, you know, we, first time on the podcast, first time recording, I, I know it started a little bit slow. It always does until people fill each other out, but I think it took us a whole two minutes to hit a a, a beat and a, just a, a banter. So I'm glad you came on. Gotcha, bro. Awesome. Once again, everyone, that was Michael Dunn, geek extraordinaire, Spider-Man fan, Ripley fan on this episode. And I didn't even, we didn't get the fact that Mr. Dunn here is a creative. He is one hell of a photographer of a photographer. Blah, blah, I can't speak. One hell of a photographer. I'm gonna put a little note yes, there. I, though. I, I kind of splinched it off. We'll we'll have to go into that on on another episode. Exactly, exactly. Like I said, not necessarily photographs for the kids. Yes, <laughs> but that's okay. We're adults. So, and I've got and I've got and I've got two words and I've got two words before you leave. Oh. Because I love you. Well, hold on. Before you say those words, I'll let you do that. But let me just say real quick, if uh, this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for listening. If uh, you have been listening for a while, thanks again. We love your continued support. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just search for KyberCast or or The KyberCast. We're very responsive. Um... If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please leave us a review. It does us well. It gets more people listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, obviously. You can find us on basically any podcasting app there is. But I'm not going to say goodbye because Mr. Dunn here has some words. What you got? The Fragile. Oh, what are you doing? Come on, we're in the episode. <laughs> And I'm out. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a great night. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.